Hurricane Harvey is a, a disaster uh, of incredible proportions. Uh, we don't see disasters like this very much, thankfully. Uh, you're going to see some video and images on the screen. Uh, that does not come from a news organization. This comes from a church that it has mobilized to help their neighbors. It's Kingsland Church. And so when we decided uh, where we were going to put our collective rancho efforts to help people in need, these people are already there. They are like us in that they're a large church that is leading their city in humanitarian efforts. And uh, they have partnered with us in the past. We have learned a lot from them in the past. We're in great relationship with this church, and so we're going to help them help their neighbors. So tell us a little bit about Kingsland Church. So Kingsland Church, um, they are a great church in the Katy area. My sister works there. She's worked there for about 12 years now. Um, so they have done a ton locally and really globally to help just with humanitarian efforts. So it was very natural when this hit just, you know, in their neighborhood that they were going to become kind of a center point for a lot of just relief efforts and rescues. Her missions, their missions pastors at the church is actually the one who videotaped this. He was out with a team um, just doing some rescues right there in their, in their town. And so it's uh, good for us really to help people who are right there in their neighborhood. They have the credibility, they have the critical mass, they have the infrastructure, they have the partnerships. And so we're going to take up an offering, and we have been raising money throughout the week. We're going to take up an offering at the very end of the service today, and every dollar of that will go to Kingsland, and every dollar will go directly to help uh, people in the Houston area, and we'll detail that in here in just a minute. But just to give you a few statistics about Hurricane Harvey, it is considered to be a thousand-year flood event. 20, trillions, uh, 20 trillion gallons of rain fell on the Houston area, some uh, 51 inches of rain. That's enough to cover the entire state of California, plus the entire state of Alaska, plus the entire state of Texas with one inch of water funneled all in that Houston area. More rain than any other storm in recorded U.S. history. 13 million people under flood warning. Almost 50,000 people in shelters. Almost a half a million people will need FEMA assistance. 58 counties declared disaster areas. Several small cities near total losses, including Beaumont, Rockport, and Port Arthur. It is estimated that cleanup efforts will cost $125 billion, the largest storm in, human, uh, in U.S. history. Uh, but the statistics don't quite tell the story of the human impact, which goes far deeper than just these statistics. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I mean, we've all watched the news, but right now they're saying there's about 50 people who've lost their lives due to the hurricane, and that you know, number may rise. Um, you know, some of the heartbreaking stories, the family with the grandparents who were trying to get out with their grandchildren and all six of them lost their lives. The mother who was um, found, but the baby was found alive, but the mother had passed. Um, just heart-wrenching stories. Nearly 200,000 homes um, are destroyed. 80% of those were not covered by flood insurance. So, I mean, just absolutely devastating. And you know, just above that is just, you know, everything these people own is, has been destroyed. Um, they have, a lot of them just have absolutely nothing left. A lot of biz businesses have been lost. Livelihoods have been lost. Uh, it's just been a tough, tough week. My sister and I talk or text pretty much every day. Um, and since this has happened, we've been, you know, talking a lot. And just, I noticed in the last couple of days, it's just been hitting them very hard. They've been able to actually get out of their home because they weren't able to leave for quite a while. And so they've been able to get out of their house and just to see a lot of the, you know, just their city is, is, devastated. A lot of her friends, good, good friends, um, have their homes that are still underwater. Um, so it's just, it's been really hard. It's, it's definitely weighing on them. She just keeps saying over and over and again, she goes, it's just unreal. I can't believe this is happening here. 
just this is what you see you know on TV and it's happening to us so it's really it's difficult to watch yeah we're gonna watch a, a one-minute video that will just get us a little bit into the hearts and souls of the people who have uh, been devastated through Hurricane Harvey take a look what did you just go through back um, there hell how much water is in your house Uh, you can see just uh, people are relieved to at least be to dry water. Uh, you can imagine just what they've gone through over the past uh, 12 hours. Okay. All right. All right, we got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got you. We got you. Don't worry. There's been no cell service since Thursday, Friday. Um, haven't gotten a hold of anybody. Um, if uh, my mom and dad's watching, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm in Rockport. Okay. Dad, I love you. Uh, <laughs> it was over five feet in our house. We barely made it out. I'm just so grateful that they came. It hurts because you see people work their lives to build something and in one night it's all gone. For me, most of it is gone. I'll build back. I got a strong working parents that made me believe hard work will get you back. I'll get going and it's just hard to see everything. It's gone, it's, everything's gone. It's very difficult to see those images and, and hear those voices and the tears. Uh, you can imagine how much more difficult it is to actually to actually live that out. Um, but I heard yesterday that despite the, the terrible situation on the ground, we are bringing out the best in one another as people are rallying to help and to give. Somebody referred uh, to this yesterday as the worst of mother nature, but the best of human nature as people are serving. Here's just a few examples. Here's a, one of the Texas Baptist men. Uh, Texas Baptist Men is a great men's organization in Texas and they show up when there is need and they do the work, sometimes the tough work. This next guy is named John McGinnis. He's one of thousands uh, of people that have been called the Cajun Navy. Just people who decided, I'm gonna take my boat and I'm going to Houston, I'm gonna hit the water and we're gonna help people. Uh, the way he puts it, he lives in Kentucky. The way he put it is God would not allow him to go to sleep because people were in need. And so without sleep, picked up his keys, loaded his boat, headed to Houston and saving lives. This is a local Houston pastor who swam at the risk of his own life, swam from car to car to make sure that people were not trapped. Human chains were forming all over the place to help people um, survive the currents. These were people who formed a human chain to save people from a car. There was a pregnant woman who was in the process of giving birth. A human chain saved her from her house. This is one of the thousands of first responders uh, who were serving day and night, and uh, one early morning just collapsed in exhaustion. And we want to thank the thousands of volunteers and first responders who show up to any disaster. It's been very well documented that our church has been bitterly divided over race, over religion, over economy, over gender, over politics. But when a tragedy like this ha happens, we are all Americans and we rally together and we unify to help our brothers and sisters who are in need. And they need our help. And uh, as we were deciding we were going we to put our relief efforts, we decided to put them towards a church that has the credibility, the relationships, the organization, the manpower, 
uh, to put these resources to work right away with zero administrative costs. So we're going to partner with the church. Uh, as we have mentioned, Kingsland Church in uh, Katy, Texas, they're doing incredible work from the first moment Harvey hit, they were mobilized. And, uh, and we're going to help them out. So, Jenny, uh, tell us about some of their uh, many efforts. Yeah, they've got quite a few efforts going on, but we're going to highlight a few. One is the Texas Baptist men that Scott talked about. They are actually at the church site right now. They've set up an entire kitchen um, facility, so they've been cooking meals. That's, that's the right there. So they've been cooking meals. They've been cooking about 20,000 meals a day. And so once the meals are prepared, then the, they're handing them off to the Red Cross vans, and the Red Cross vans are taking them to the shelter. So they're feeding about 20,000 people um, a day in the Houston area, which is amazing. Um, another area that Kingsland has been actively a part of is in downtown Houston. It's called the Third Ward. Um, it's a very... Uh, just a poor area of Houston. So they've had a relationship ongoing in that area of Houston for quite a few years. So they were also hit very hard with the flood. So they are also partnering with an organization um, in that area called Generation One. So they will be helping those folks who have been affected as well. Another ministry that they have been working with and partnering with is um, it's housing for single mothers who are experiencing homelessness. So they just finished renovating several um, of these facilities and they took on damage and were flooded. So they're working right now to, to get those houses repaired so that these mothers and children can get back to, to these homes. They have also been organizing, one of the great things that we just keep seeing over and over is how the churches are just working together. So they are working, a lot of the churches are working um, on seeing who can host families. So their goal is to get all of the families the shelters and into host families. So right now they're working on having host families files as far as, you know, how many people they can take into their home, you know, ages and all that. And then people who are in the shelters are also filling out profiles and the churches are working right now effortlessly to get these families matched so that people can get out of the shelters. Some of the, you know, they're saying, you know, so many of these people will be displaced for quite a while. In Katy alone, there's 5,200 houses that um, are still have water in them, and they're saying it may take six to eight weeks for the, the water to recede there. So they, you know, these people are going to need need a place to live for, for quite some time, and they just can't stay in the shelter. So they're, they're just, the churches are doing an amazing job of finding these host families, and not just finding host families for the people, they're, the churches are working together to provide host churches for one another. So Heidi's church they have a pretty large facility and have three different venues. So they're having just different churches who their properties are flooded are coming to, to Heidi's church and they're having church service this morning. They had some yesterday. So they're giving, you know, each of these churches a, a chunk of their church to have their church together. So it's just what the church should be doing, right? We should be uniting together. I mean, we are one church and it's just neat to see them really working together. They also, Heidi, my sister just texted me this morning saying that they have have also gotten a partnership going with a group in Rockport, which is, we saw some of Rockport on, on that video. And they were hit, you know, hardest when the hurricane made landfall. So there is an organization there um, in Rockport that they're also partnering with, as well as in Port Arthur, which is pretty much devastated. That whole town was devastated. So they have a partnership going with a relief effort in Rockport or in um, Port Arthur. So they have a website. It's katydisasterresponse.com. That's the 
they created this website. So it's showing all of the different, like I said, there's probably 20 to 25 other groups that they are working with right now to bring relief in the entire Houston area. All right, good. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. And thanks. Uh, let's give a round of applause to Kingsland Church. Just doing what God's called us all to do, and that's when somebody is in need, when somebody's suffering, when somebody is struggling, we come in and, and help. And so our job right now, the first thing we can do is help that church. That is the Kingsland Auditorium. Those are other pastors, other uh, local leaders and local authorities coming together to pray and to plan uh, for those relief efforts. So uh, it really is a, a great thing. Um, all right. This last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this phenomenon of what Jesus brings, what Jesus brings to the world. And that message is a message that is to be enjoyed and shared and lived in, what we're calling like, share, subscribe. And last week, we talked about the message that Jesus brings. And as he brings this message, people's lives are transformed. And so in our last few minutes together here in a little mini sermon, we're going to talk about what that means and then the implications uh, for our road ahead here locally and with Houston. Last week, we talked about the message of Jesus. And the message of Jesus is actually pretty simple. The message of Jesus is that the kingdom of heaven is coming to earth. That's the message. Now, when we think of heaven, we think of some spirit place out there. No, Jesus says heaven is coming here. The rule and the realm of God himself is taking root on earth. The love of God, the mercy of God, the justice of God is becoming the culture of this world. It takes time, but it's coming. Jesus made it very clear that as we pray, pray that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. The teaching of Jesus and the life of Jesus established that love will prevail over hate, justice will prevail over oppression, mercy will prevail over calamity. This is the message of Jesus that he bore out in how he lived his own life and ultimately how he gave his life for this cause. He gave his life so that people would understand that they're not without hope, that they are deeply and dearly loved by a heavenly father who's not eager to condemn them, but eager to love them and forgive them and give them new and eternal life. Freely by his grace, Jesus gave his life for that cause. And then he rose again from the dead to give us the assurance that there is nothing that separates us from God and that this world and this future is a hopeful one. That's the message. And people liked it and people shared it, but there's something more now. There's something more than liking and sharing the message of Christ. It is something to belong to. Jesus created a whole new community 2,000 years ago. He instituted a whole new community that would be empowered by his spirit, that would be united in love and united in our love for one another. This new community is called what? The church. And we're still a part of it today. We are still a part of the new community that Jesus established 2,000 years ago. Now, Jesus looks at us, Jesus looks at the church, and he has something powerful and profound to share with us. He says, you, church, this new community that is advancing the kingdom of heaven on earth, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 14. He says to the church, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. This is the heart of Christ. My new community that people belong to, that new community will be the light of Christ, the light of love to everyone. He goes on to say this, in the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus wants his light in action. He wants his love to spill out, especially to those who are suffering, especially to those who are in need. This is for everyone. You see, the church is at its best when it's loving others like Jesus. 
This is what Jesus is saying. You want to be a light in the world? You want, to, you want to change the world? You want to do good in the world? Then let love take action, and that will be the light of the world. And the church is at its best when it's loving others like Jesus. Now, there are times when the church is not at its best, right? The church is not at its best when it's arguing over little minor details of theology. That is not light. The church isn't at its best when it's judging others and morally policing the world. That's not light. The church isn't at its best when it's fighting about personal preferences. Here's how I want it and here's how I want it. It's all about me, meet my expectations. That's not light. The church isn't at its best when it's dividing over politics and this country's been dividing over politics. We're not at our best. We are at our best when we are loving the world the way Jesus does. We are at our best when we are loving others like Christ. We are at our best when we stare in the face of need and say, we're going to do something about it. We're going to do something substantial and sustainable and smart. Jesus oftentimes was confronting religious leaders. And in one particular instance, they were doing all their religious stuff publicly so people would think they're so great and religious. And Jesus says, hey, listen, in all your religious culture... You are neglecting the most important things, and the most important matters are justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Jesus says, do not forget justice, mercy, and faithfulness. In all your religious stuff, do not forget the most important thing in the kingdom of heaven, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And especially when there's a disaster like the one that we are experiencing in our country, this is the time to say we're going to step up and faithfully execute the justice and mercy of God. We're going to be faithful to, to, to be merciful. What is mercy? Mercy is just simply giving to people regardless of whether they deserve it, regardless of whether they're good, we're just gonna give it to them. Mercy is just this unmerited favor poured out upon people. We're just doing good. We're gonna be faithful in mercy and we're gonna be faithful in justice. Justice means that we're gonna do good for everybody regardless of race, ethnicity, regardless of background, regardless of anything. We're just gonna make sure that people are given mercy in the name of Jesus Christ in a way that's absolutely equal. Let's not forget the most important matters of justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And when we do this, God is glorified. People are helped and God is glorified. There's this wonderful story in 2 Corinthians chapters eight and nine of the Macedonian church giving faithfully to a struggling Jerusalem church. The Macedonian church was in Asia and they had their own problems. As followers of Jesus Christ, during a season of persecution, they couldn't get jobs, they were poor, they absolutely relied on each other for survival. That was Macedonia up north. Down south was the Jerusalem church. This is the mother church, right? This is where Jesus gave his life. It's where the movement started. The new community started in Jerusalem. Persecution was absolutely raging in Jerusalem. And the Jerusalem church was suffering with extreme poverty and extreme persecution. The Macedonian church, who had problems of their own, decided they were going to give an offering to the Jerusalem church. And here's how it went. The Apostle Paul is bragging about the Macedonian church. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Paul goes on to say this. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing this service to the saints. You can read between the lines just a little bit here. Here's the Macedonian church, poor and persecuted up north. They hear about a church, they don't know anybody. They don't know who they will never But the Macedonians who are poor and struggling hear about a church that's suffering even more. And they come to the Apostle Paul, the missionary of the first century, and they say, Paul, we're going to take an offering 
and we want you to deliver it to Jerusalem. We want to help them. And Paul says, Macedonians, don't do that. You're a mess yourselves. You're poor. You're suffering. Take care of yourselves. They pleaded with Paul, we want to serve. We want to give. We want to be generous because they're suffering more. And we can draw a parallel as well. You know, some of us have struggles of our own. There's no question about that, right? In fact, we were kind of joking. People were complaining all week about the heat. They are like, okay, well, you have a house that's not underwater. So, okay, got me, right? We have our own struggles sometimes, whether small or big. The Macedonians had big struggles, yet they still were able to give. They decided to give generously to people who were struggling more. And so for us today, some of us may not have a a lot of resources. We might be struggling, but can we give something just as a a sign of the love of Christ that even in our struggles, there are people that are struggling more. So perhaps you're saying we can't give a lot, but we can give some. It's almost like the the widow giving two copper um, mites, two copper pennies in the offering. Jesus says she gave more than anybody because she gave out of poverty and gave with a big, big heart. The apostle goes on in the next chapter, he's still bragging about the Macedonian offering, and he's saying not only did that offering help people, but it gave thanks to God. When we are generous and when we give of time, of talents, and and sometimes of treasure, when we give generously, not only are people helped, but God is glorified. Because when love is put into action, we go from the world of make-believe, pretend land, to actually helping people, actually doing good. You see, it's, it's one thing to get together in church services and remind ourselves of God's love by music and by message. And that's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to get together and be united of God's love through music and message. But when we get together and the music fills us and the message fills us, we really should leave here overflowing with love, overflowing with grace, overflowing with generosity, overflowing with selflessness, We come here to be reminded of God's love and we leave here doing good for our neighbor, doing good for people in need. That's the love of Christ in action. It's not just theory. If we don't put the love of Christ in action, it's just theory, it's just theology, and frankly, it's just make-believe. But when we put love into action and we do good for people who are truly suffering, God is glorified. Our generosity becomes the visible proof of God's invisible love. Hold on to that one today. Our generosity becomes the visible proof of God's invisible love. Without the church of Jesus Christ, this new community that Jesus formed 2,000 years ago, without us showing tangible love, then it doesn't really matter, does it? It's just pretend. It becomes real when we love in a very real way. You see, we belong to a community that carries on the mission of Jesus We don't just hear about Jesus. We don't just learn about Jesus. We don't just study the Bible that was written 2,000 years ago. We live it out today, right? We belong to a new community that carries on the mission of Jesus, to love unconditionally, to serve selflessly, and to make the world more and more like heaven every day. Doesn't that sound like a fun community to be involved in? That sounds like a great team of men, women, and children who understand why we get together. We get together to advance the cause of Christ. We don't get together to just learn. We don't get together to just study. We don't get get together to talk about something that happened 2,000 years ago. That was foundational. When Jesus gave his life to pay for the sins of the world, to bring forgiveness to the world, that was foundational, and we build upon that. When he rose again from the dead to conquer death, to conquer sin, to bring victory and new and eternal life to us and to this world, that was foundational. When we got God's word, we received God's word, Old Testament, New Testament, that's foundational. But now what do we do with it? 
What do we do with the love of Christ? What do we do with the hope from the resurrection of Christ? What do we do with God's word? We learn a bit, but we love a lot, right? We're reminded a bit, and then we just pour out God's love a lot. Let that be what this new community is all about. In Ephesians chapter four, verses 12 and 13, the apostle Paul calls us to reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's who we wanna wanna be as a church. We wanna live out the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And us, Rancho and Kingsland are very much alike. We are leading local humanitarian efforts just like them. And we're confident that if we got hit with a massive earthquake, we would be the ones who would then be the tip of the spear helping people and Kingsland would help us. And surrounding churches would rally together as is happening right now in Houston and be the light of Jesus Christ by loving their neighbor as themselves with no strings attached. That's the love of Christ in action. I wanna close with just two two thoughts, one local and one in in Houston. Next week here at Rancho is gonna be a wonderful new day. Uh, We are refreshing everything around here. Our service times are just a small part of that. Our next generation ministries are gonna be a big part of that. Our children's ministry next door in the chapel is gonna be awesome. Kids are gonna be just embraced and loved and they're gonna be shared the love of Jesus Christ in a fun way, but a meaningful and relational way. We wanna encourage you, invite people here next week. We're starting a brand new fall series called Easy and Light. It's based on the teaching of Jesus. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are gonna to be offering people what Jesus offers and that is a peaceful and tranquil life. No matter what is swirling around you, people can have that peace, as the Bible says, that surpasses all understanding. Do you know three people who could use a little peace in their life? Do you know three people who could use a little peace in your life? I know like 400 people who could use peace in their life. People are so full of anxiousness and busyness and sometimes self-hate, measuring themselves up. I mean, people just live in this personal angst. And and Jesus is offering a life of peace and tranquility that surpasses understanding. We're starting an amazing service next uh, next Sunday, an amazing series next Sunday. Think of three people you might want to invite. They might have kids that would love what's going to happen here next week. Bring their kids, whether they have permission or not. Hey, trust us, we're going to a cool spot, right? Bring kids. Our youth ministries are are, are formally fall launching in in two weeks. Our next generation ministries are gonna be incredible. Think of who you might invite because I'm telling you, the message of Jesus Christ that we preach every single week is absolutely to be enjoyed, liked, shared, and then people might even be embraced in this new community uh, to belong to, a community advancing the cause of Christ together. So who can you invite next week? And then finally, as we close in prayer, which we're gonna do right now, As we leave, there are gonna be ushers in the back with buckets. Everything you put in that bucket is gonna go to Texas. Just make sure it's monetary. We don't want your sandwich. Uh, Every bit of cash goes right to Texas. If you write a check, take it out to Rancho or RCC, everything that hits that bucket will be going to Texas. Every dollar that goes to Kingsland Church will be put to bring relief, boots on the ground, to single mothers, to the third ward, um, to Rockport, all these uh, ministries that that they're uh, helping to lead. A lot of good is gonna be done this weekend by your generosity. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that every week we get to be reminded through music and through message of your love for us. You you are not interested in people being religious or converting to a religious experience. You are interested in this world knowing your deep and profound and unconditional love for them.
And you prove that by sending your son to make a great announcement that the kingdom of heaven is coming to earth. A kingdom where love is victorious over hate, where justice is victorious over oppression, where mercy is victorious over calamity. And God, we thank you for that message. And thank you that Jesus Christ lived as an example of what that looks like and even gave his life to bear the suffering and the burdens and the injustice and the sin and the failures of this world upon himself. He died for it all and rose again to give us new and eternal life. And not only that, but he rose again to ensure that this world has a hope and a future, that the kingdom of heaven will prevail on this earth. So God, when we are are hit with natural disasters, I pray that this would be the time, maybe more than ever, where your church becomes the light of the world, where the light of Jesus Christ pours into every heart that is suffering. Thank you for Kingsland Church, decades of experience uh, serving that city and serving the world, and now it is their privilege to serve their neighbor and to bring love and relief to those who are suffering. Thank you for the great privilege that we have to be able to give generously to help them in their efforts. And uh, God, we are asking that perhaps uh, we can have future opportunities to give and future opportunities to serve, maybe bringing work parties to Texas. God, you, you guide and, and you lead that we might uh, be very smart and diligent in how we continue to serve the suffering people of Texas. God, we thank you for every generous heart here that is about to give, either uh, here or online. And uh, we ask for a flood, an outpouring of support. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, amen.